This is Nerd Cage Live! And friends! I can't help thinking that somewhere in the universe there has to be something better than man. Has to be. Hello and welcome. That's right, you're trapped in Nerd Cage Live. This ain't just a reaction show, but a debate show and a live discussion on everything that makes people like you and I tick. So thank you for joining us tonight on this Planet of the Apes movies ranking and discussion. Please hit that like button and subscribe. I'm your co-host Jay St. G coming to you live from Syracuse, New York, and I've gathered a panel of super awesome geeks. We got Sean Barry from the Shots of Japanese Cinema. How are you, sir? I am ready for the Donkey Kong Country ranking list. I am very excited for the DK ranking. Absolutely. <laughs> Which we will get to. And then from Dallas, Texas, the leader of the Toku Titan cast, we got Davis Madol, a.k.a. Titan Goji. How are you, sir? Doing fantastic, Jay. Happy to be here. Happy to be on uh, my first ranking video on Nerdcage Live. Let's get it. All right. Popping cherries left and right. And not, but never least, the glue of the kaiju community, the leader of monstrosities, a vlog of tokusatsu. We got Matthew goddamn Burkett. How are you, sir? You no, know, Jay, I figured I spend a little bit of time, you know, away from my, my cave, worshiping my Alpha Omega Bomb and take some time to, <laughs> to really come here and uh, just, you know, be amongst friends. Are you gonna reveal your self to your God? <laughs> uh, yeah, yes, all the time, all the time. Remove your face and reveal to your god. <laughs> well, that would be my hat in this case. You know what I mean? Just so yes, as I said before, this is the Planet of the Apes ranking discussion video. This month marks the 10th anniversary of Rise of the Planet of the Apes. So this finally gave me an excuse to talk about what is basically one of my favorite sci-fi movie sagas ever. And I got these guys to discuss it with. So real quick, we're kind of going to go around in a circle and discuss like, what this franchise means to us and our favorite memory. So Sean, starting with you, go ahead, dish it out. What's your favorite memory of the uh, Apes saga? I think my favorite memory, well, without spoiling, will probably be watching the original with my dad when I was really young. And my reaction to not only the surrealty that was happening in the movie but of course the ending and since then i love planet of the apes i think it is one of the smartest and most unique science fiction movie franchises out there and not only that it's definitely a very unique one because it really is nothing but a giant commentary on humanity that's the beauty of these movies to be honest like it's just how much they say about the world and where the world is headed if humanity doesn't get its act together very well said Titan Goji, what do you got? As someone who's very passionate about film and the art of filmmaking, I have nothing but deep respect for the Planet of the Apes franchise, as the 60s was one of the biggest decades for sci-fi in general. You have movies like 2001 A Space Odyssey, shows like Star Trek, and Jay, movies like Monster Zero, and, and the original Planet of the Apes, it was part of that era, and it was 
such a major cornerstone in the sci-fi genre in general. But like what Sean was saying, it's a huge commentary on humanity and and boy did it catch on. <laughs> As for my earliest memory with Planet of the Apes, I was getting ready for school one morning. I was probably, I want to say third or fourth grade. And like on the TV happened to be Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. It, had, it happened to be the very end uh, of the movie. I was just so fixated on, on like a bunch of apes running around with guns and jumpsuits. There's fire everywhere. There's Caesar's speech at the end, and I got hooked. <laughs> I definitely get it. They're actually really, really, it's a good movie and a very powerful scene that you just mentioned. Matthew Burkett, you're one of the biggest cinema snobs I've ever met. I'm really looking forward wow. to it. No, no, wow, that's a compliment. Thank you so that's much. A, that's a compliment. Wow. Wow, Jay, tell us how you really feel. Like, no, no I'm, on, a cinema, I, listen, I'm a cinema snob too, but, I, but Matt takes it to a whole new level. So Matt, what Look, is just, your just because of the fact that I don't like constant Hollywood fast food doesn't make me a snob, Jay. You you killed me, man. You killed me. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, go ahead. Share share what you have to say and you know No, I mean we we can you know, like like those other two guys said, you know, the the apes saga, I mean what it did in terms of popularity i mean it was star wars before star wars was star wars you know in terms of merchandising in terms of the pop culture impact it had you know from a personal standpoint i mean it was something as a kid i just happenstanced upon you know i was over at my grandma's house in uh, santa cruz california and we went to blockbuster and we were trying to rent a movie didn't know what to get so i rented the original planet of the apes and i was absolutely hooked i don't remember how old i was but you know everything in that movie was just absolutely captivating and the original five will always be uh something really meaningful to me you know probably uh, one of the best sequelized franchises out there you know yeah it's just a beautiful beautiful piece with some beautiful storytelling and some amazing acting especially from roddy mcdowell holy hell roddy mcdowell yes Okay, so for me, growing up, I didn't. I'm not. I did not come from a rich, wealthy family. So, my mother often we would rent movies from the library, and I was, oh man, I think I was like ten years old, and my mother suggested we rented Planet of the Apes. That that was my mother's all-time favorite movie. That's and awesome. She she hyped it up. Wait. I'm not gonna lie, and she showed me this movie. We watched it together, and so it was a really really great memory. I have with my mother and I absolutely loved it. And this was also my introduction to the great Charlton Heston as well. So everything about the movie kind of blew my mind. I mean, it was a lot for a 10 year old to take in because there's so much commentary. There's there's so much that contains in the movie. And of course, the twist at the end, I thought it was so awesome. And then my mother's like, well, guess what? There are other ones. So I was lucky enough to watch all of them in order. And I just it was just such a joyous journey. I ended up buying the whole VHS, which I think is still sitting at my parents' house, by the way. And you know, then the Burton movie came out. I was excited for it. You know, there was a hype before that movie came out. And then, of course, out of nowhere, we got the 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 recent trilogy, which I thought, to me, hands down the best CGI I've ever seen in any film to date so far. And like the original movie, that makeup for the time was just mind-blowing. On top of that, learning that the movie was written by Rod Serling of The Twilight Zone just adds oh, yeah. so much cre- uh, you know, credential to it. So yeah, so I thank my mother for introducing me to this franchise and it's been like one of my favorite franchises ever since. So yes, 
Let the countdown begin. So how this works, if you're familiar with this format on NerdCage Live, the three gentlemen you see on the screen right now are not aware of what the official combined list is. We each have our own list, and as I go down, we're going to see everybody's genuine reaction to this. So this should be a really, really fun journey. So it's time to go away. Starting with number nine. We're going to start with the booty sauce tier of the apes list. At number nine. Battle for the Planet of the Apes is number nine. Go ahead, Sean. I mean, this was my number nine as well. It's so forgettable. Like, <laughs> it, it's so, like, I, I'm, like, having a hard time remembering it. It's like, this movie was supposed to be the finale to the original Apes series, and I'm just like, there's nothing, like, eventful about it. Like, yes, there's still some good performances in there, but you have a shitty script to work with. You have admittedly some of the weakest production values of the Apes films, in my opinion. And ultimately, this is supposed to be the film that is like the end all be all. I just don't buy it. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. <laughs> Very well said. I think that's all you need to say. Davis, your reaction to Battle of the Planet of the Apes at number nine. Battle was freaking boring, man. <laughs> <laughs> like I like I just could not get get like get into it at all. I'm sitting there watching it for like five minutes. I'm thinking to myself, okay, it's not really going anywhere. I'm just gonna start working on my next video. I think an hour has passed. I look up, check the time, and I'm like, oh my god, it's been 30 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, like it's it, it, it's it's got some pacing issues. It's also my my number nine, and and to repeat what Sean said earlier, it's it's super forgettable. I I can't even recall what exactly happened in that movie. Like at this very moment, it just doesn't leave much of an impression, which is a huge shame considering the earlier films that have come before. And I'm not just talking about the original, The Knees, Escape and uh, Conquest. I mean, yeah, some people may have issues with those, but at least they're like, they're, like all those movies had something in there. Like, I mean, they all left some sort of impression. Battle, it, it might as well just not exist for me personally. <laughs> what do you got for Battle being number nine? I got this is going to be a long fucking stream if I got to be sitting here being told that Battle of the Planet of the Apes is the worst of the worst. Now, look, I will sit here and admit that out of the original five, it is my personally least favorite, but worse than the Tim Burton one worse than some like war of the planet of the apes guys you know come on come on wait 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 no 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 I'm not gonna wait 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 I gave you the the limelight I'm here laying down how it goes Sean okay um battle battle is weak I think the director's cut of battle you know adds a little bit to it it feels like a TV movie it doesn't feel kind of like like an epic motion picture especially when you're following uh, from Conquest, but again, Roddy McDowell's in it. I, I still love Roddy McDowell. That's fair. There's still concepts in there and, and stuff that I really enjoy. I do like how it, it starts to kind of, you see, you know, kind of the proto-mutants kind of thing. You know, in that director's cut, you get to see a flash of the Alpha Omega Bomb at the very end. Not that that's going to make or break a movie. It's still, for me, it still sits in that original five is just being like, you know, not untouchable, but I'm just like, ah, man, I dig it. So, yeah, that's number nine, man. Oh, God. This is going to be a long one. It is what it is. Um, yeah. But it's, uh, 
it's got some it's got some cool moments in there. And the lawgiver, if I'm not mistaken, that's John Huston, is it not? And he was also the voice of Gandalf in the old Rankin Bass Hobbit cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Wow. Yep. Yep, that is uh, how, that's John Houston. That's John Houston. How the hell they got the legendary John Houston for that? I don't know, but I think you know, for first time we get to see the lawgiver, I think it's a pretty good choice. So, anyways, Jay, I will shut up about. No, that. no, no, that, no. My mind's blown right now because all I I am not aware that there's a director's cut version of this film. Like, I, have, I haven't seen it. I haven't. Seen I, it I want to like cut. watch it now. Like, okay, now I'm, I got me curious. I actually did watch the uh, uh, the director's cut version. I've only seen the main cut. Of yeah, the see, movie. I've only seen the main cut, so I'm like, my mind's blown. Right? I didn't know there was another version of this movie. Well, yes. Yeah. Um, I, I have the Planet of the Apes Legacy Collection on yeah. DVD, and, and, so and the, the Blu-ray. The I got it on Blu-ray. All right, and and the default cut on my copy is the director's cut. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm. See, I got the Blu-ray. I'm, I'm gonna watch it. I, I have the Blu-ray sitting there. I haven't even watched them. I have all nine movies sitting there. I haven't even watched them. Wow. But still, my mind's freaking blown right now. Uh, so I had it at number nine as well. <laughs> so I do agree with the the majority here. I'll, I'll keep it quick. My my problem with this movie mainly is the movie contradicts everything that Caesar in Caesar's speech in Conquest contradicts everything. Caesar gave the most coolest monologue at the end of Conquest. We're gonna have our own religion. We're gonna have our own this, we're own that. We'll be the dominant species. That didn't happen in this movie. It was almost like, yeah, they, they were the rulers of their kingdom, but they were so working with the humans. They went, they did, he didn't do everything he said he was gonna do in, in battle. And that's what really bothered us. And yes, the pacing issues, you know, we're sitting there waiting for the kid to die and like, like, come on, just die already. And then, and then the ape has killed ape. Ape has killed ape. You murdered my son. They, they could have sped that up just a little bit. So yeah, there's pacing issues, but my main gripe is that it contradicts the previous movie. Yeah, but there are some great moments. I don't downright hate it, but it's just the weakest of, you know, of an overall great saga, it's the weakest film, but I don't downright hate it. That's all I got. At number eight, Planet of the Apes 2001, directed by Tim Burton is number eight. Go ahead, Sean. It's my number eight as well. Listen, Tim Burton, talented filmmaker. This movie is booty sauce. Uh, <laughs> it Listen, it could have been good. I acknowledge that it could have been good, you know. There's some neat ideas here and there, you know. It's got a interesting cast, I mean, it has Mark Wahlberg in a Planet of the Apes movies, like, whoever thought that, like, I see you smirking, David. It was like, supposed <laughs> to be Arnold! It was supposed to be Arnold, but then it, it was... Oh, what? why did we get that movie? <laughs> What? No. I'm not making this up. It, it was the, the, the planet is full of apes. That being said, what do you yeah. get to the spaceship? <laughs> that being said, and there is some good makeup here and there, but the acting is terrible. The script is awful. What? No. <laughs> it feels like it's three hours long. Like it feels endless, which I never want to feel when watching a Planet of the Apes movie. And ultimately, it's booty sauce. Plain and simple, it's booty sauce. Fair enough. 
Titan Gochi, what do you got at Burton Zapes at number eight? This was also number eight on my list, and I actually watched this for the very first time solely for this list, and um, it's so jarring because of how so far removed from the source material that it is. Now, now I get it's supposed to be a reimagining, a different take on Planet of the Apes, but it really lacked the the essence in there. Like one of the reasons that made the original Planet of the Apes so great was that there was this huge level of irony that the apes were the superior, much like much more advanced, highly civilized people, whereas the humans were not. Here, it's it's more so like a bunch of high school theater kids in ape costumes doing what they want, I guess. The humans uh, still talked, weren't really experimented on, uh, they're just thrown in cages and that's that. Comparisons to the original aside, the makeup, it's its some pretty uncanny valley stuff, but but I do admire the effort that went into that and the set pieces, so, uh, so I do have to give it some props there. It's a little weak everywhere else though. It does get a tad better towards the end, uh, especially the ending. I do like the ending, but, but that's but that's just kind of it. Um, not, and not this is a Charlton great... Heston. This is Charlton Heston cameo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I kind of dug the Charlton Heston cameo, but uh, yeah, not a great movie. Not an absolutely god awful one by any means. It could have been absolutely god awful, but it is god awful. It's it it's kind of in between for me. It's like it's like I mean it was all right, but I don't care too much for it because there are better movies out there. Fair enough. Matt Burkett, go ahead. Burton at number eight. See, this would have been, this was my number nine, you know? I have not seen this movie since it came out, which was goddamn 20 years ago, if you can believe that. I was so hyped for it, you know? But in retrospect, you, you this was before Hollywood was actually respecting past things, you know? Burton, I believe, is on the, rec the record saying that he was never a fan of the original, you know? Um, so why he got his hands on it, I mean, who knows? It was boring, it was bad. Uh, I remember there being a Michael Jackson looking ape you know i think there were three the of them. ending the ending was horrendous and makes absolutely no sense you know i mean you want to talk about things that don't make sense you know i mean that right there you know the freaking ape is uh lincoln or whatever um you know there were some actors in there that you know i personally love the the late great michael clark duncan uh you know, um, mile uh, rest but in peace. i mean rest in peace he like, like there there's some actors that you just kind of that i i sometimes kind of like you know oh man wouldn't it be kind of cool like if they were like apes like like you know jeff goldblum like i i almost i, I would love to see what he would have done with like eight makeup you know because it's all in the face you know yeah. uh, michael clark duncan had the build he had the you know the look and uh you know i remember him being uh just just uh, really cool in that but i don't i don't have any love for that movie whatsoever you know i remember they were talking about doing all these sequels and stuff and of course it never happened because you know burton was you know too high on his own you know ass stuff and uh hollywood it, it took hollywood uh, a bad movie like that to realize that they don't have to reinvent the goddamn wheel to actually make you know a good apes movie you know yeah. because that new trilogy that came out is much more in line with what had come before uh, thematically uh visually uh you know it felt like apes this did not you don't like Mark Wahlberg trying to stand up against apes? No, I don't <laughs> like Wahlberg, Wahlberg, Wahlberg very much. Full of apes? Yeah, this no, is no, crazy, no. bro. <laughs> 
Very well said from everybody, but I have this at number seven. I don't downright hate it. It's got its head scratchers, but there are also some really great moments and some really great performances in there if you really look in it. Tim Roth was amazing. My man, Shang Tsung, Kerry Tagawa was amazing. Michael Clark Duncan, probably the best part of that movie. Probably his best performance next to the Green Mile, in my opinion. I love what was there. How it all came together, how it was executed, didn't, it just didn't live up to the name Planet of the Apes. But the best part of the movie was the Charlton Heston cameo. I really thought that was a powerful scene where he revealed the truth behind the evolution of apes and seeing Tim Roth's reaction to it, the shock that he learned from his father that, you know, hey, we weren't the first. There were a time that the humans, you know, had us a slave and so on and so forth. And I really did, I actually liked the ending. I thought the ending was, they did something different. They did a twist. It was a really cool twist, but it just didn't have the punch that the old movies had. And I also will say that the makeup and special effects were amazing. Some of the battle sequences were really cool. Again, there were moments like the the, the two apes about to have sex. Woo, 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 like was really unnecessary. I, I can't believe Tim Burton did that. And Tim Burton was coming off of Sleepy Hollow. That's another thing. Like we went from Sleepy Hollow to this. And then it's just like, come on. I really, I admire Tim Burton. He's definitely got a stamp of like, he's got his own distinct look in all his movies. And I wish he did. I wish he kind of went full on. And another thing that nobody talks about, and this is just my humble opinion, I have no proof. I'm wondering if, if Tim Burton took concepts of his unmade Superman movie and applied it to this movie. Because when you, when you fill in the blanks with the whole space travel and all that, he had that plan for Superman Lives. So I'm wondering if he just took leftover concepts from Superman Lives and applied it to this movie. So I'm wondering how much effort he really put into this movie. Again, the makeup and effects were amazing, but the overall storytelling and ideas just weren't there. But to me, it's not the worst one. I, I just want to say Wayne's World 2 has the better Charlton Heston cameo. <laughs> No, like I can't, I can't get over the fact that you guys are like all about like, oh man, that Charlton Heston scene. Because all I remember from that scene is him just going, damn them, damn them all to hell, and like just this epic eye roll. Like, really, that's what you're gonna take? You're gonna take that original line, one of the most powerful scenes from the original, and reduce it down to him as this like old crusty ape? Like, ah, oh my God, screw you, Tim Burton. I like, and again, I like early '90s, late '80s Tim Burton, not the crap that he was trying out in the early 2000s though big fish was pretty good again again compare that to his cameo in wayne's world 2 where he just gives it his all and he like <laughs> he reads the dialogue so elegantly and then mike myers looks at the camera and it's like now that's a real actor it's, it's, I love it's that only game. a shame that uh that nicholas cage wasn't in this movie because uh, you know i was i was really supposed to be superman but uh yeah, yeah, but uh, but to go back what Jay was saying, a lot of stuff from Superman Lives ended up in this Planet of the Apes movie, and uh, it's only a shame that uh, Nicolas Cage wasn't in it. Uh, had to be Mark Wahlberg. I would take again, Cage over Wahlberg. Schwarzenegger was I, I, supposed to I, I, be in it, I guess. I, I, I'm just saying that project was blown up. You blew it up. Damn you all to hell. Oh. I want to blow up this stream right now with those impressions. Good God. All right. Can you do any better? <laughs> no. 
Which is why I want to blow up this stream. Here we go. This is a little bit of a shocker to me. At number seven, Rise of the Planet of the Apes is number what? seven. What? Hey, now, what? Go no. ahead, Sean. No, 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 no. I rewatched Rise very recently, and I still think it holds up. I think the, the commentary is superb. I think it's a really cool reinventing of how the ape story started. I think that Andy Serkis as Caesar is, wow, some of the best acting I've seen in the past 20 years. And it only carried over into the sequels. The CGI, I still think, looks really good, even today. Sure, you know, as with any movie that's heavy on CGI, you do have your few, like, shoddy moments, but it's still really impressive. And it's kind of sad that this movie looks way more professional and visually appealing than something like Godzilla King of the Monsters or Godzilla vs. Kong, just saying. Those movies had bigger budgets, I believe. Uh, don't quote me on that. I will say, it's not perfect. I think that the human characters are very hit or miss. I think that the pacing in the first half perhaps drags a little bit. The virus thing, while relevant, well, very relevant, I don't know how I totally feel about it. I kind of prefer the idea of humanity going backwards rather than it, like being a virus that started it all. That being said, though, I still really like this movie. It's number five on my list. So yeah, and I'm gonna get some flack. So Conquest was kind of the original Rise. I think Rise did it better. Sorry. All right, Davis, what do you got at Rise of the Apes at number seven? I did some uh, final uh, tweaks to, 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 uh, to my list because because I had all three like trilogy movies like like grouped together as one. They're still grouped together. I feel like they're kind of all on equal footing. It just comes to personal preference. I have Rise at uh, number four. Now, Conquest may have been like technically my, my first apes movie but rise was the first one i ever watched from start to finish like what sean said conquest it was like the prototype for rise and that definitely helped me appreciate rise so much i i really dug the the effects work i also loved the like the amount of emotion that was poured into it which is something that's very present and dawn and war as well and yeah it, uh the act performances can be hit and miss at times. I think the only memorable human character was James Franco himself. No, uh, I like the dad. I like the dad played by, uh, I think it was John Lithgow that played the dad. I like the dad. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, that he, was actually yeah, he, really well done. Yeah, yeah, he, he, was, he was good too. Aside from bringing Planet of the Apes to the mainstream again for modern audiences, it was like, it was a very excellent film and, and it did that tremendously well. Absolutely. Amen. Matt Burkett, rise at number seven. What do you got? Yeah, I think that was number eight on my list. I think it was- What? Hey now. Hey. What's going on here? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> did I Did I offend you? I'm so not sorry. Okay. How, how dare you <laughs> wanted to rank it at number eight because I really want you have your own movie. thoughts, feelings, and opinions. You don't like Jay You don't like uh, Franco talking with an ape. You don't like that moon. Oh, is it my turn? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Let, let, let the kids get it out of their system, you know, and be like, oh, it's just such an amazing film. The the social commentary, the acting. Well, not James Franco, but John Lithgow, which I love John Lithgow. 
is, uh, you know, the list guy was amazing. Dexter season three, anybody? Freaking Third Rock from the Sun, he's amazing. No, look, look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and spend a, a ton of time talking about this because, quite frankly, I only saw it once and that was enough, right? The trilogy, the new trilogy, is really hit or miss for me. Like the second one is by far my favorite, an amazing film. And what uh, Jay said at the top of this whole thing about the CGI in those movies, also probably the best special effects. I, I would probably say to this day, for me personally, like it's it's th that uncanny valley kind of thing. But this kind of felt like it was trying. It was it was kind of the store made brand of Pepsi that was trying to be Conquest, right? And it was left out in the sun for too long. So it was like, it was unfizzy. It was disgusting. It was whatever. I remember the bad guy just being, you know, just like, oh, all that money. Like, like that's, that's all fair. I remember from him. Like that's he fair. was, it was completely bad. I remember I that he was not really him, having much to do with anything outside of, you know, there was like the pandemic or whatever that was happening. And oh, by the way, the apes just so happened to be running down San Francisco or something. It wasn't good in my opinion. And, you know, it, it definitely picked up steam with that next one with, with Dawn. Definitely not one of my favorite ones. So I had Rise at number five and i will say like i was stoked when the movie before the movie came out and the thing i appreciate what this movie did now that we got the most revolutionary photo like cgi i i will still say it's the, these movies have the best cgi i've ever seen to this day the fact that it respected the original movies and it was still canon prequel to the old movies and of course the easter eggs were there you know spaceship lost in space and so on and so forth damn dirty ape yeah but the thing is though god thank god the trailers didn't reveal anything because the moment that caesar spoke my heart dropped it was easily the you knew it was coming like, I knew it was coming. I figured he was going to speak at some point because this would not be Planet of the Apes if the apes didn't speak. When he yelled, no, everybody in the theater went, <gasps> like, everybody in the theater went, <gasps> like, we all gasped. And I'm like, I'm like, damn, he did it. He spoke and he just kept going, no. And that was, not only that was an amazing moment, it respected the original material because they, if you remember in Escape from the Planet of the Apes where Cornelius spoke of the first ape that ever spoke, he said that the ape that first spoke said the word no. And that led to everything that happened. So yeah, the movie, I know it's very comparable to Conquest, but there's one thing that this movie did that conquest didn't was the fact that not only that we had the ape that spoke and he led the revolution but we actually saw at the end what was going to be the downfall of the human race which was the virus because that i'm glad that they kind of threw that in like hey how did the apes manage to take over the earth well humans also got sick and that gave them the you know the advantage so that's so that's why i really appreciate it. like i said the I know it's bad to say his name, but I thought James Franco was amazing. It just sucks that it turned out he was an asshole and he flushed his career down the toilet. But credit to where credit's due. That was actually a great performance from James Franco, but a much, much better performance from Andy Serkis, who is now a household name. And of course, this, again, technical what Matt just said, the momentum built on 
to what would what would be the next movie. Yeah, I will say, even though I like this movie, I will say James Franco is actually one of my problems with this movie because he's pretty damn boring in this movie. I'm not gonna lie. Like, there's the only scene that I like with him, honestly, is the final exchange between him and Caesar. Most of the movie, he's just kind of the you know Matt backed me up on this. He's just kind of the typical bland. You know, oh, I I empathize with you, but there's not really much to him. Honestly, Dawn has a similar character, which we'll get to when we get to Dawn, that I thought was a lot better than James Franco. I like how you come to me to back you up about James Franco. <laughs> but you're right. You're right though. And and you know, I'm not even I'm not even pulling from his whatever he does outside of this movie. Right. Um I just don't really like James Franco. Yeah. yeah. You know, Jay, the one thing I would say you were talking about explaining the downfall of humanity. The one thing that the original apes alluded to and granted they kind of it changed as time went on. But that, you know, man was its own cause of its own downfall, you know, nuclear warfare, whatever the hell. I wish that there was kind of a little bit more of that involved, I guess. But, you know, it is what it is. Like I said, we got we got a better movie out of it. It, it, it. And also to give it credit too, like you said, Jay, it did respect the original, unlike the Burton movie, you know? Yeah. Wasn't trying to reinvent the goddamn wheel because this is finally the time when Hollywood realized they're like, oh yeah, there's a reason why fans are fans of this stuff because they want to see more of this kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Instead of our new and artistic interpretation of something. So these guys all said stuff I agree with. Now we're getting to the good tier of the Apes movies. At number six. War of the Planet of the Apes at number six. Go ahead, Sean. This was my number six as well. I am going to get a ton of hate mail for this. This is my least favorite of the new trilogy, personally. And now, it's a good movie. I, I don't deny that. I don't deny there's some amazing action in it. Andy Serkis is amazing in this movie. It's visually gorgeous, The but I think as a finale, it's good, but I don't know what it is. There's something a little underwhelming about it at the same time. And I will say, I think the movie tonally is inconsistent because, listen, all the Apes movies do have humor at points, but I will say some of the humor, especially with a certain side character in War of the Planet of the Apes, did not always work for me personally. It got annoying. It honestly got a little Jar Jar Binks-esque with a certain You know the character I'm talking about. That didn't work for me. I, I will say I think that the pacing is problematic especially in the beginning. I will say though, the ending though with Caesar is beautiful and it is cinema in my opinion. And I will also say Woody Harrelson in this movie. Wow. So yeah, I, I do like it. I do like it a lot, but I think it is the weakest of the new trilogy and I think it's got a lot of problems. And I think as a finale, well, good. I think it's also a little underwhelming personally. Davis. War at number six. I uh, have it at number five on on, on my list. I really uh, in, enjoyed War when, when it came out. I, I thought, I, I mean, I, I thought it was pretty solid all around. It's just that it didn't hold. It, it does really hold a candle to Rise and Dawn. Like looking back at it, like it didn't really have that same effect. I thought all the apes were were really good. I love the set pieces, and my God. I love Woody Harrelson in this movie. That dude can act. He can really act. <laughs> oh, yeah. Monstrosities, what you got at war at number six? It's like they asked war, what is it good for? And tossed it right out because there ain't no war 
in this freaking movie. Look, I was hyped for this. I was hyped for this. I really, again, Dawn completely changed my opinion of what the new films could possibly do. Right off the top, by far, War of the Planet of the Apes has the best special effects, uh, visual effects, I'm sorry, that I have ever seen in my life. But I mean, this is more akin to a uh, prison escape film than it is, you know, War of the Planet of the Apes or Battle for the Planet of the Apes. And it, it just, it felt anticlimactic in a lot of different ways. I think it could have easily have been one of the best ones. I think it could have escalated even more than the previous one because it was just leaving such a great setup from the ending of the last of the previous film. It just, I, I hate to just be kind of the negative Nancy, but it just was disappointing, you know? Some great pieces in it, some great set pieces, I suppose. If only we could go back in some alternate timeline to, to actually see the war between ape and human, like that would have been, amazing but whatever it is what it is no that's very well said i agree with everybody here this is my least favorite of the trilogy i know some people have it at the best i think it's the weakest one but it's not a bad movie but what i'm actually i'm gonna ride what sean said but i'm gonna go a little harder the one thing that takes away from this movie what brings this movie down for me personally is bad ape i hated that character I really did. That character really brought the whole movie down for me. I'm sorry. I can remember being in a movie theater, like, oh my God, like, what's up with this character? And the person who I saw it with was like, I really love this character. And I'm just like, oh, no, no, no. He annoyed the crap out of me. Yeah, I didn't like it. It was, it was, I mean, I understand they had a good explanation that, hey, there were another group of apes out there that evolved. Like, that wasn't a bad, ex good explanation, bad execution. I really, really did not like that character. They, they threw in that cutesy character that I just didn't like it. One thing I loved about this movie, though, again, helping build the bridge between this trilogy and the original five, where the first Rise of the Apes there, they explained the virus. This one explained the de-evolution of humans when they went dumb and mute. They explained it in this movie. Thank you. I was just wondering like when they were going to allude to that, and they did. Thank God. And I did like the ending that Caesar brought them to the the apes to the promised land. I love, I love. Like I said, it, it does bridge the gap, but the overall execution and again the pacing wasn't there. Again, far from a terrible movie. But comparing it to the other two, I thought it was the weakest one. But again, greatest special effects, props to Matt Reeves, who did Cloverfield, and who was also doing The Batman. It was, it was it, like I said, overall, I, it, it, it's a good movie. I have one question, and I want your opinion from all of you. How do you feel about the Koba scene in this movie? Uh, it was unnecessary. It was a bit much for me personally. It was too heavy-handed. <laughs> yeah. Like... I mean, it was kind of cool because I love Copa. Copa is such yeah, a yeah. We will get to that character, <laughs> but uh, it was it was like it. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of like the really shitty fan service in the Disney Star Wars movies. I was just like, uh, this is a you could tone down a little bit. I mean, uh, Matt, what did you think of it? I've only seen it once, and, and again, maybe just 
much yeah. like you guys with battle like it's not very memorable but if they just threw koba in there just to throw it in there it's like yeah yeah that sounds like fan service just like when they threw nova in there you know who she doesn't make it's not nova from yeah the they just movie. used it was just an easter egg the name was yeah yeah the, it's kid, just did, like, I, the kid did a good job though the kid yeah. did a good job well i'm not trying to knock the kid i'm just saying it's just like you know yeah but the, yeah i see where matt's coming from that they're trying to like hey look nova which it really wasn't nova nova that it was just like it was an easter egg so here we go at number five escape from the planet of the apes is number five go number, ahead uh, number five only number five this is my number three i freaking love escape i freaking love escape why because this is such a brilliant political satire. Yeah, it kind of is a reimagining of the first movie in many respects. You know, the apes are the astronauts, yeah, yeah. But my god, this is some of the best writing I've ever seen in any science fiction movie. Roddy frickin' McDowell is on his A-game in this movie. I love that it literally turns into a political thriller. It turns into Japan's Longest Day, Planet of the Apes style, like... It's freaking amazing, like, the acting is incredible, it's suspenseful, like, the dialogue is phenomenal, uh, the trial scene, I mean, don't get me started on the trial scene. It's, to me, I know this is kind of toned back for an apes movie, it's not like, oh, big spectacle, but my god, this is some of the best acting in the franchise and some of the best writing, and in my opinion, it works beautifully as a political and social satire, so it's number three because I think it's one of the smartest films. And Jay, how dare you put it at number frickin' five. I'm gonna go Donkey Kong on your ass. <laughs> All right, Dave, let's go. What do you got escaping? Oh, boy. Five? Sean, I'm sorry, but I have it at number seven. But are you in, are you five? But in my defense, seven and onward are the movies I like. I don't hate themes. I actually really enjoy it. I like it. To repeat what Sean was saying earlier, the acting performances, the some of the tension that was built up uh, in some scenes here and there. Like, I really like how it's more laid back and fun. One thing that kind of brings it down for me is that is that like the apes makeup isn't as consistent as it was in uh in beneath and the original like i i swear in, in, in like in like every every scene they're talking you can see like the lips of, of their actors like underneath those masks the one bit where, where, where the chimp was saying and it's just it's like it's playing in, in reverse then normal reverse normal and reverse normal i, I mean i thought i thought that was that was a bit odd but it's creepy that, though man it's creepy <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but but uh, other than that, I enjoyed it not as much as other apes movies. It definitely has its charm, and I absolutely understand why people like love it so much. Again, I, I just prefer other movies over it. Well said, Davis. Matt Burkett, escape at number five. What do you got? John, I'm with you, man. I think I put it at number three on my list as well. Thank um, you. Thank there's you. A, there's a lot to appreciate about this particular movie. One of the things I really just want to point out is how uh, this is a 
the start of the brilliant writing that just the the people that were running the franchise at the time were doing this was not planned out this was not a a marvel mcu they were planning they were, they were going on a movie by movie basis you know the previous movie ends with the world getting destroyed how the hell do we make a sequel of that and also make a movie that is under the budget of the previous two movies right and that's what we get with Escape, which is by far uh, definitely starts out one of the most lighthearted ways in comparison to the other film, but quickly t makes that dark turn as m all the Apes movies do, at least the original five, with that last act, you know? The ending is heart-wrenching. That it was Kim Hunter's last one as Zira, and uh, she was incredible. Yeah. It really is, I, I really, really enjoy that movie so much it you know it rewrites the timeline it starts adding in things like that's kind of i think the one that really started changing everything that had been established in the other two movies and the other two movies then you know kind of like carried on after that I, i'm just getting shivers thinking about that that last sequence right there because it's just so bloody sad you know probably you know maybe even more sad i would say than like the previous movies ending where the world was destroyed you know these two characters cornelius and zero who are just wonderful wonderful but seeing their demise was just like <laughs> you know just makes me want to cry well said man no, it was well said. I actually, I'm with Davis, Team Long Hair. I'm, I had this at number seven. Okay, it's a good movie. Like I said, it's hard to rank these movies because they're they're all good, really. But like this one, I guess what, again, you all made some great points. But what, here's what takes this taken away from this movie. What takes me out of the movie is the silliness where they were Cornelius and Zero were treated like celebrities. And they, you know, they're he's at the boxing match and they're in the bubble bath and like it just it was just so damn silly. It felt tonally like like that's not what the Apes franchise is. It just it just got really, really, really dumb at that point of the movie. And another problem I have, and this wasn't until like a fairly recent rewatch from a couple years ago, that the escape kind of contradicts the first movie. In the first movie, they explain like the the gorillas and the orangutans and the chimps they're they're segregated, and the the orangutans were the ones that had access to all the documents and all that. So in this movie, as great as the scene is where Cornelius explains the origins of their species, and he said that he was one of the ones that had access to the you know the documents in the Bible and so on and so forth, but. In the first movie, they explain the chimps did not have access to that because they were like the lower class of the apes. So, yeah. So, but that doesn't take away overall. The movie doesn't get good for me until the final act where they, they escape from the facility. And the final act? Mm-hmm. When they, when they escape and they're fugitives, that's where the movie got good. I also like the scene, the conversation between the bad guy in the movie, I forget his name, and the president, where they're talking about, well, hey, if we can yes. go back in time and kill baby Hitler, you know, when he was still innocent, that was great. Like, there, there's some great moments in this goddamn movie, but there, at the same time, there's just some of the silliness that contradicts the overall tone of the movie and that's why i have it ranked at number seven but i don't hate the movie it's just but what yeah the, the that final act is amazing do, do you remember the name of the bad guy was it hasline oh man it's been so long <laughs> well the reason well, yeah, the, the, the one is... the one that was worried and he gunned down 
you know, he's the right, one that right. Yeah, I, I think it's Dr. Haslin. The reason I bring that up is because uh, this is another kind of really neat little continuity thing they throw in there. Dr. Haslin <coughs> is actually the guy that uh, Heston is monologuing about in that opening scene in the first Apes movie when they're talking about the time travel um, yeah. element to it. So this character was Haslin. You know, yeah, kind of Haslin. introduced almost two, you know, two movies ago previously. And the, uh, one other thing I wanted to make mention of, Jay, and I'm sorry, but you just I, something you said reminded me of it. Jerry Goldsmith came back to do the score yes. for this one. He did yes. uh, the first Apes movie and this one, even though it's, you know, it, it's not my you know, favorite of the two, yeah. it is a completely different score, but it just fits the tone of this particular film, you know? Yeah, there's there's a lot of things I could nerd out a little bit about this movie, but I just wanted to make mention of that. I just, just want to add something to what you were saying earlier, Jay. You mentioned how the apes were being treated like uh, ce uh, celebrities. You, you felt that was a bit silly, but would you say it adds like a sense of dramatic irony? Because we all know that yes. in the first movie, apes uh, are are like like they're like they're basically at the top of the world where humans are below them. Here, the exact same thing is going on, but in a completely different way. The humans are praising and, and and celebrating these apes not aware that in the future they will be below them good point good point and sean what were you going to add and we can move on i i just appreciate yes the movie does admittedly have a lower budget compared to the previous films but i appreciate that they with that budget went in a very creative direction and in my opinion it paid off well said, well said. I, like I said, I don't hate the movie. I just can't rank it as high as these fine gentlemen here, but it's that, that, that's just my opinion. What do I know? <laughs> this is why it's the Nerd Cajun Friends, you know, discussion list. All right. So at number four, beneath the Planet of the Apes, at number four, go ahead, Sean. This was my number four as well. I don't care what anyone says. This is a great freaking movie, in my opinion. I think it is a very underrated sequel. I think the acting in this movie is just as good as it was in the first movie. You got Charlton Heston back. You got Nova. Oh, uh, Nova. Just saying, when I was young, Nova was one of my first crushes. I mean... Who wasn't your first crush, Sean? Davis, I'm gonna punt you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go full orangutan. I'm gonna go Maurice on you, dude. I'm gonna go full Maurice on you. Run. It's funny, uh, he's gonna go full Maurice, but he's mostly like that ape at the end of Escape, you know? Mama, mama. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> or in this I case, Davis, Davis, Davis! <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <clears throat> I think all the acting in this movie is A-grade. I mean, you know, Charlton Heston. Linda Harrison, Kim Hunter, Maurice frickin' Evans. Not to mention the dark, dreary tone of this movie. I mean, if you thought the first movie was apocalyptic, this movie just carries over that apocalyptic feeling, the hopelessness, and don't get me started on that ending. In my opinion, the ending is just as brilliant and bone-chilling as the ending in the first movie. I mean, again, do I think it's as good as the first movie? No, but I still think it's a really good movie. And it's kind of a shame that it gets so much flack. I feel like the reason this movie gets flack is because it's not the first movie. But I'm like, so? It's still good. 
It's still really good. Well said, Davis. What do you got at Beneath at number four? Okay, I have Beneath at number six. Sean, don't worry. I agree with absolutely everything you said. Beneath is a brilliant movie. The acting, just and, and just that sense of horror and dread and not to mention the set pieces of of, yes. the, of the of the forbidden zone and, and and those underground set pieces as well basically that subterranean church that that was like the alpha omega bomb like it's very very unsettling and and the twist with like the mutants that just kind of came out oh, of nowhere yes i hate that the trailer spoiled that <laughs> Like, it's an old movie. Old movie trailers did that, though, man. They unfortunately spoiled the crap out of everything. Yeah, true. But as much as I love the ending to this movie, what really brought it down for me was that ending dialogue was that, and then they died. When we clearly saw what just happened, we did not need that extra bit of dialogue. We can piece together what happened. Like, we saw what happened. We, we, we don't need a, and then they all died. <laughs> Everyone died. The end. <laughs> All right. Man, great movie. That's just my one problem with it. Fair enough. Matt Burkett, Beneath the Planet of the Apes is at number four. How you feel? Yeah, I got weird feelings about Beneath. Like, I, it's it's probably my second least favorite uh, of the original five. I, I find oh. it pretty boring. Mo well, there's, I find it boring, but there's a lot of stuff to, to give praise to. Like, let's just get the negative out of the way. A lot of it seems like it's a retread of the first movie, you know, where you have this uh, dime store version of Charlton Heston, J James Franciscus, who plays Brent. Almost looks just like Heston, but... It, is not Heston. He's not really all that compelling. And he kind of, you know, we, we kind of get a condensed version of what Taylor went through in the previous movie at, you know, him realizing, oh my God, it's New York and blah, blah, blah. But the upside of things, this was another example, I think, of a of a creative way to try to, to make a sequel. Because again, it's like, how the hell do you make a sequel to Planet of the Apes? And this is what they came up with. The mutant cult worshiping the bomb. I mean, what a brilliant idea is that? I mean, that's been parodied so many times in pop culture. It really is fantastic. This is also the first movie to introduce Natalie Trundy to the uh, the series. And she went on to, you know, she played three different roles, you know, in the next series of movies, but she was in just as many, just about just as many as Roddy McDowell. You got General Ursus, you know, the only good human is a dead human, you know? And that was uh, like, there. You, you still get these really interesting, colorful characters and you get some really great ideas. It's just not as uh, brilliant and bombastic, but also you're, you know, you got a production that doesn't have its original star. Like Heston said he would be in it, I think, if he could blow up the world or something, but he's in it for, you know, 10 minutes if, if most. And if you can't do a sequel with Taylor, then it's, it's really hard to, you know, try to come up with something. So it's cool, you know, at, at, at number four, I can I can live with that. It's, it's personally speaking, it's not one of my favorites, but it's got a lot of good stuff in it for sure. Excellent, well said. This was my number two. I love this movie, okay? It's yes to whatever, it's not as good as the first one, but my God, what a great follow-up. And again, Matt just touched on it. We, you know, Ursus, the gorilla general. It is a little bit disappointing that we don't get Roddy McDowell as Cornelius, but Cornelius mm -hmm. really wasn't, you know, he wasn't prominent in this movie, so I, it doesn't really bother me too much. Again, Dr. Zayas, you know, carries on his great performance from the first one to this one, and then some. 
and the fact that they go on this war, they go on this journey to see, well, what the hell's that, you know, in the forbidden zone. And we get the undead people that worship the bomb, the telekinetics. And I just love the whole, you know, they're, they're so sick minded, but they think they're these untouchable people. Like we don't destroy our enemies. We make our enemies destroy each other. And like, I, oh God, I just loved it. I loved it. it not only that we had like, and I think what I really love about this movie is not obviously Charlton Heston's role is a lot smaller, but I love I love the character of Brent. I love Taylor and the fact <coughs> that not only they got the threat of the apes, they also got the threat of the people and the threat of the bomb. And he's and I just love that dialogue. Those maniacs don't know what they got. And he's like he's like he's like he goes what, what was on the bomb? Like I see the omegas. He's like the alpha omega bomb. They finally did it. The bomb of the of the destroyed. Oh. I love this movie. This movie is just all sorts of craziness. I know it takes such a hard turn in the franchise. And to wrap this all up, this is just proof that a great movie doesn't have to have a happy ending. As a weirdo metalhead like me, I love dark, dreary movies, and I'm not, I'm. I also I love shocking endings, and this one delivers a shocking ending. Close on par was the first one, and I just. I love this movie. This movie is just it's 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 peak science fiction and I it's just a damn shame because a lot of people like crap on this movie and they a lot of people have it as the like one of the worst ones. I, I don't know. I, I I'm looking at it through a rose-colored lens. I can't help it. I love this movie. Well, you can have you always you can't always have your happy endings, you know. Yeah. You get a experience that sometimes reality is just, and you know. I also all. To tack on to the ending, I love the fact that Charlton Heston has one last confrontation to uh, Dr. Zayas. And yes. he pretty much tells him off, you bloody bastard, and just <laughs> blowing it up. Like, I, I love it. It's, it's a very appropriate. I think it's an appropriate ending, and I like that final. It's a brief confrontation, but it's a confrontation nonetheless. You know, he begs for his life. He rejects them, saying, "No, you're you're want you're human. You're evil. You're this. You're that." Well, then it was well. Well, then, fuck it. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> and then they died. Mm -hmm. And then they died. <laughs> and then everyone died. The end. <laughs> okay. All right. Now we're getting to the the great tier. Act number three. Conquest of the Planet of the Apes is at number three. Go ahead, Sean. I really like Conquest. It's number seven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Davis, get back here. Get get the fuck back here. <laughs> let me get the doggy treats for you. Here, let me get let me get the uh let me get the protein shakes. Let me drag oh, you back. And, the and then there Wait, were say three. something about Attack on Titan 2015. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, Gundam. <laughs> you said Gundam, so. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no! Come back, come back, man. <laughs> okay. All right, Sean. Controversial opinion. Go ahead. I like this movie. Great performances, great action, a fantastic third act. Okay, Sean, where do you live? Where do you live? Tell me right uh, now. Tell me right uh, now. Where do you uh, live? I I I I I live uh, I live in uh, Go Fuck Yourself Street. Uh, 
And, and now, 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 which pond is that? Uh, it's the pond of no return. Uh, anyways, <laughs> I really like this movie. Great acting in it. You know, some really great themes in it. And again, that final act is, you know, majestic. That being said, I do think the movie takes a little bit. Like, it, for, honestly, like, it does take me a little bit. It's a little slow in the first half for me, personally. It, you know, like, how some people complain that the first act and rise. To me, it's even worse in Conquest. And that is my biggest problem, is that... And it's not bad. It's not bad, necessarily. I'm just saying it takes a little bit to get into the really nitty-gritty stuff but when it does get into the nitty-gritty stuff when it gets into the second half and then it leads into the third act i'm sold like i'm sold and like i said you know roddy freaking mcdowell you know you madman and of course you know this movie was basically the prototype to rise so i have the deepest respect for conquest of the planet of the apes it just doesn't do it for me the same way that something like escape and beneath is and i know that escape sure is probably weaker budget wise i just feel like escape from a writing standpoint is better so yeah like this movie but davis suck it up <laughs> <laughs> All right, Davis, we got Conquest at number three. Where you got and what, how do you feel? I have it at number two, and I'm perfectly okay with it at number three. I mean, like I said earlier, this was technically my first Apes movie. I really like the suspense and build-up towards that final act. I really like the scoring, the acting performances, the set pieces, too. The movie is very totally consistent in the sense that it's very chilling. Like It's like you know things are about to go south. You're just waiting for that moment like kept me on, on the edge of my seat like throughout the entire thing I'm saying okay when is it gonna happen when is it gonna happen and I especially love that interrogation scene like with Caesar like where they're like, electrocuting him trying to get him to speak it's like you're sitting there wondering oh my god is he are they actually gonna get him to speak he's not speaking yet holy shit my god this is this is amazing <laughs> and huge props to Roddy McDowell's performance as Caesar like honestly of all the movies this is probably my favorite performance uh, that he delivered in the series. That being said, that final act, not just that final act, but that speech as well. Chills every time. <sighs> like, honestly, one of my all-time favorite scenes in cinema. And, and I will say this, I greatly prefer the alternate ending. I feel like that leaves a much heavier effect like on like on the overall film where, where Caesar doesn't say but for now we'll set aside our differences and now I will say this is a great line I don't remember it entirely but it was something along the lines but for now the world has seen the beginning of the planet of the apes like great stuff just brilliant right there although it is pretty obvious that the alternate ending was supposed to be the original ending they just edit the uh, the the actual ending that we got Caesar dubbed over what? What was the alternate ending? I'm just curious because I don't know. Oh, so, okay, so so you know the moment where, where they all raise their guns yeah. up and they're about yeah. to beat all this guy? It's, they actually do it. Oh, and man! <laughs> you can find it on YouTube. It's all right. I've, 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 I've watched it. It's good I've stuff. Watched it. Or you can I've watch the director's it. cut. Okay, no, I'm sold. All right, Mr. Burkett, 
Conquest at number three, what do you got? Conquest is my second favorite, right behind the first one. It is uh, a fantastic movie. It took me until actually just until last year to actually finally watch the director's cut, which is actually quite good. It adds the violent, more violence in there. It's really kind of just like, oh my God, like it's pretty dark, you know? Personally, I also really like the ending of the original. When I was uh, in high school drama, we had to do monologues and that was my monologue that I did in front of the class. You know, oh, that's so uh, you know caesar you know and that day is upon you now you know that whole thing but everything in here you know something that i should have brought up on the last when we were talking about escape was that you know ricardo montalban comes back and he plays Armando, and it's it's not a huge role but it's a very pivotal role and Montalban, of course, is Montalban, just awesome, you know? You have Governor Breck, who's the bad guy, uh, played by Don Murray, and uh, he's fantastic. The action is good. The social commentary especially, not to trying to get too political or anything, but I mean, back then, they're yeah. back then. It deals with a lot of elements of racism, you know, a lot of elements of, of that kind of thing. It really kind of hits on those political themes that even the first movie was trying to do. And I think it comes back more strongly here, you know, maybe not so subtle, but I think it still, you know, does a pretty damn good job of it. And, uh, you know, this is also the first time Roddy McDowell steps into a new character. You know, he's no longer Cornelius. He's now uh, Caesar. You know, I don't think the performances are, are super different, but it's Roddy McDowell continuing to bring his A game, you know, now Roddy McDowell is the star of this franchise, and he he brings it just so well. I recently saw a Twilight Zone episode with a very young Roddy McDowell, and I you just you can't look away from his eyes because that's where all his acting is, and that's where the, all his acting needs to be when you're underneath all that makeup. You know, Maurice Evans did the same thing, Kim Hunter did the same thing, Natalie Trundy also did the same thing when she got into uh, eight makeup for this one as well as uh, for Battle. Love this movie. It's powerful. It's great. It's one I I love watching. Watching and you know that uh, just real quick that ending when uh, the credits start rolling you know and we don't have any music but it's the the apes rioting and all that stuff that's the other beautiful thing about these movies is that typically they'll end on the crashing waves after the revelation of it's earth you know in the first one you know silence after the earth explodes and beneath there's no music the rioting in this one damn these are good movies i love this series so much very well said i love this movie too this one is actually my my number four there are moments i want to talk about yes that monologue is powerful i love it. it's one of my favorite monologues ever the one scene besides that ending that besides that monologue i love the character of mr mcdonald the african-american character yes and you could tell he's the most conflicted character because he's got orders he works for the government he has orders but he has a sympathy for the apes. He knows what they're doing is wrong and he's conflicted. And the scene where they're in the tunnel, him and Caesar are in the tunnel together, and he kind of like does a prayer. You know, he, he gets on the phone, he gets his order, he does like a little prayer. He's like, what do I do? And he kind of says, well, if only you could understand me, yada, yada, yada. And then Caesar had the guts to, to reveal himself. And he's like, I understand Mr. McDonald. And then he just had, he, he doesn't like freak out, but he just, his eyes widen, he stares at him and goes, yes, I'm the one they're looking for. That is just great acting. That's a great, powerful and a pivotal, it's like a pivotal moment for the franchise. He knows, Caesar knows that Ricardo Montalban, uh, Armando's dead. He knows it. He doesn't know where to, who or where to turn to. By the way, that's another sad scene, scene when Caesar finds that he's dead. That was another like gut-wrenching scene. That moment with him and Mr. McDonald and he, he trusts him 
and then he basically helps him escape. And then he gets captured, and then, then the, the, the whole final act happens. My only two gripes with the movie, which is why I don't have it ranked as high as the other ones, I still haven't ranked high, but not as high as the other ones. There's two, I have two problems with the movie. One, this is where Rise did it better. How did the apes actually take over the Earth? Because it was just yes. one city. Yes. At least Rise explained the virus. This one just said, the birth of the planet of the apes. Well, okay, well, how did all these apes take over the whole world? I can get past that. And the other problem is the, the electrocution scene. If Mr. McDonald turned it off, wouldn't someone have said, hey, this is not working? They assumed it was working, but it wasn't. That's okay. But other than that, this is a fantastic film. I love I love it when the apes revolt. It's hella fun. From the jump, you're rooting for the apes. It's so funny. No one's talked about this yet. Early on in the franchise, you're rooting for Charlton Heston. You're rooting for the humans. Then we get to this movie. Maybe escape. you can throw an escape. This is where you're really rooting for the apes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's true. And that's what makes these movies so special, you know? This is one of many things that makes this movie special. And yeah, I, I love this movie. Um, again, some of the execution oh. was, was done a little bit better in Rise, but I still have this one. I still have this one above Rise. This one's number four on my list, and I'm perfectly fine with this being the upper tier at number three. Now, at number two, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. The second CGI film is number two. Sean, go ahead. This is also my number two. Wow. Of all the new Apes movies, this is the one that I would argue is a game changer. To me, this is the first film in the new Apes trilogy that really felt honestly close to being on par with the original. I mean, you have A, great acting performances. You have phenomenal special effects. You have a great story. You have brilliant pacing. You have tension, suspense. You have a final act that is so unnerving and haunting. You have so many great characters. I mean, Caesar, of course, and frickin' Koba. One of the best villains in cinema in recent years. And also, you got some pretty good human characters. Malcolm is a pretty good character. And honestly, Malcolm, the character of Malcolm, who the actor Jason Clark, to me, brought what I thought was a little bit lacking to James Franco and Rise. Like, to me, I bought him more of being compassionate to the apes. I bought it way more with him. Gary Oldman is a villain in this movie that I actually can get down with. You know, his motivations make sense. The scene with him with the iPad looking at his past memories is really sad. And you know, basically what all this has done to him. And I will say, well, again, I do prefer the idea of humanity going backwards. I think that the virus is much better incorporated into this movie. And like I said, it's eerily relevant. You know, just great characters, great storytelling, a great final act. Also, I love that a good amount of this movie is sign language. You know, the apes are starting to talk more and more, but a good amount of their dialogue is communicated through sign language, which is really, really cool. And also, of all the movies, this is the movie that I really connected with Caesar the most. You know, you see his family, you see his son, his wife, and also, I'm just saying, Maurice is a boss. Run. Yes, very well said. Sean Davis, Dawn at number two. I have Dawn at number three, and Jessica, out of the way, I just want to mention movie trivia surrounding this film. There was a day where Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and Godzilla 2014 were shooting at the same time, the same place, and both their sets like overlapped each other. <laughs> I did not know that. Wow. Yeah, 
there's there's one moment Jason Clark is, is on that little boat. He's, he's going up a river. I don't know if you noticed, but it's uh, but that location is the same place after the train scene in Godzilla 2014. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, they just so happen to be shooting at that same place on that very same day at the same time, and both their sets overlapped. And I think that is freaking hilarious. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Dawn, I go as far to say that this, uh, it truly captures the heart and soul of what makes Plan B8 so phenomenal. You can sympathize with both sides, both the humans and the apes. It still has that haunting and riveting atmosphere, that sense of hopelessness. It's basically everything that makes the Planet of the Apes franchise so great. It just puts it all in one neat little package. Like uh, the acting performances are great. I mean, again, Jason Clark, Gary Oldman, and same goes for the apes with Caesar, Maurice, and Koba. Koba's easily the best part of this movie, I'm just saying. Other than that, Don is just so good. I don't have one problem with it. Matt, Don at number two. Not surprising. It's in, it's ahead of Battle and Beneath for me. And it's certainly the best one out of the, the new trilogy, for sure. It felt the most like the original five. And that's one of the things I love about it. The All the apes have fantastic characterization, you know? And it, they really felt like appropriate to be amongst, you know, Dr. Zaius and General Ursus and all these other, you know, really cool non-human characters, you know, in this franchise. I need to go back and rewatch it. It's been a number of years and it's the one out of the three that I've seen the most. I've probably seen it at least two or three times, but it's it's one that doesn't, I still need to go back and, and just revisit it. But the human cast was fantastic. The, the visual effects were incredible. It also, I think what really sold me as well was that, you know, it wasn't remaking anything. You know, this is the first time it kind of was able to step into a new direction. It wasn't trying to, to remake Conquest. It kind of got that out of the way. It's like, cool, now we can do our own thing. And what they did with it was uh, really, really, really well done. So not to surprised to see it at number two. It's definitely, I mean, again, out of the three, this one is the one, in my opinion, that deserves the most praise. Wow, uh, that's very well said. And I'm pleasantly surprised that you praise this one because I knew how much you know, comparing the new ones to the old ones, how you felt. So it was actually really cool to hear you your opinion on this one. Did uh, the same director do War of the yes. I forget. It's Matt Reeves. So yeah, Matt Reeves, who directed Cloverfield, did this movie and War, and he's the new Batman director. That's this right. is yeah. the movie. This is the movie why Warner Brothers wants him to do Batman. It's because of this. Gotcha. Movie. I just want to say before you go, Jay, yeah. it's kind of sad that this movie feels more like a war for the yes. Planet of the Apes, yep. like the final act, sure. than the actual war for the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Okay. So I had this at number three. Easily, I agree with you guys. This is the best one among the CGI trilogy prequel. And what I love about this movie is now that the special effects are better. This is Matt Reeves at his A game. Gary Ullman, never, who never phones it in at his A game. And of course, Andy Serkis, wonderful performance in Koba. For the record, my favorite character is Maurice. I love that orangutan. There's something about him. He's just so... I don't know. He's he's big. He's awesome. He's he's great. I like the fact what this what makes this movie special, and this is what Battle failed miserably is that this was the basically official attempt at the apes and the humans trying to coexist. I love the fact that they tried. They really tried because they came to an understanding. You have this. We need that, and so on and so forth. Because of characters like Koba, because of characters like Gary Oldman's character, it was proof that it was never going to work. 
it was there was never going to be harmony between apes and humans. It's it's us against them, and it's how it's going to be. And I like the fact that the two leads, Jason Clark's character and Caesar, they realized that, and they knew that it was time to go their separate ways, and it was time to go to war. It was so beautifully executed. This movie is so damn close to perfect, and it feels like this is true to the overall saga. And of course, I love that dystopian atmosphere. I oh, and and just seeing like the apes and their armies and their guns. This movie's just it's so well done. I, I have really nothing to add to everything what everyone else just said. This is movie everything. This movie is beautifully executed, visually amazing, well directed, well written, and yes, this this holds up to the rest of the franchise very well. I will say if there's any of the new apes movie, like if I was gonna pick one new of the three prequel movies, this would be the one. And yeah, the I almost feel like if you took out the other two, I mean, you still need Rise for, you know, the explanation of, you know, how their civilization started. But yeah, if, if someone said like, hey, I want to see the Planet of the Apes movie, where do I start? Well, besides the first movie, this wouldn't be a bad pick. There's enough callbacks to Rise though, that you get the story though. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, like, man, I understand this is, this is proof why war, as good as it is, just nowhere near at the levels of what Dawn was. And yeah. So at number one for the first time in Nerd Cage Live and, and Friends history, where we have a unanimous decision at number one. The Planet of the Apes, 1968, starring the great Charlton Heston is number one. Go ahead, Sean. I mean, my number one as well, obviously, but what needs to be said about this that hasn't been said, it's I adore this film. It's one of the greatest films ever made, and one of the, in my opinion, this might be the greatest American science fiction movie ever made. Yes, better than Star Wars, better than 2001. Movies that I love, but like, not to mention, Rod Serling's involvement with this movie. This movie is essentially an extended Twilight Zone episode if you really think about it. And man, just this idea, the, the, the movie presents this really scary idea of what if humanity didn't get its act together, went backwards and ended up destroying itself and we ended up evolving backwards again. Great storytelling. And it still holds up so well today. You have amazing performances. I mean, Charlton frickin' Heston as Taylor in this movie. That man can act, but he's especially amazing in this movie. I'm just saying, uh, Nova. I'm just saying. And she's great. And she's also great. And keep in mind, she doesn't say a single word, but she conveys so much just through her facial expressions. Dr. Frickin' Zayas. I mean, it's so, like, easy to hate this guy. But yet, considering the situation, you also kind of... It's so weird, like, you understand where he's coming from, but you can't help but just, like, at the same time, you need to see things from a more complex, like... Method. And then, like, the trial scene. I love this little subtle detail during the trial scene. I don't know if you noticed the orangutans do the hear no evil scene. Yeah, no see no evil. evil. I love that detail. Like, that's such a great little detail. Kim Hunter in this movie, you know, fantastic. Roddy McDowell. You know, Maurice Evans as Dr. Zayas, you know, Linda Harrison, James Whitmore, too. James Whitmore is also really good. And, and another thing, I think that the effects are still impressive even today. Like, I know, I can tell how they did the makeup, but like, I appreciate the artistry of it. I, I really appreciate it. And the score is amazing. The score by Jerry Goldsmith is phenomenal. The cinematography is amazing. And oh my freaking god, that ending. One of the most taunting endings in all of cinema. And the lack of music 
only makes it 10 times more unsettling. Planet of the Apes, it's one of the greatest films ever made, and it's one of my favorite movies of all time, and it might be the greatest American science fiction movie ever made, in my opinion. Very well said. Davis, Planet of the Apes, <laughs> we're unanimous, go ahead. <laughs> Again, it's my number one. This movie is a masterpiece. Everything from its visual style, its themes, its characters, the music, its subject matter, like everything about it is just absolutely all fantastic. And Sean, and Sean definitely put it best. Like it's easily one of the greatest sci-fi films ever made, arguably the best American sci-fi film ever made. And, and like I said earlier, um, the 60s was a huge decade for sci-fi, and it's astonishing that Planet of the Apes happened to be one of those major cornerstones for the genre. So uh, yeah, Planet of the Apes, it's a masterpiece. I got nothing else to add, really. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Matt Burkett, Monstrosities, go ahead. Planet of the Apes, number one. You know, Davis was talking about how the late 60s were so great for American sci-fi, and it was. But it should also be noted that it was just a great time for American cinema, period. 1968 had some incredible films. The Graduate, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, and, you know, 2001, Apes. It's like what the other guy said. I mean, this is what made me a fan. This is what captivated the imagination. Davis listed everything, music, acting, directing, writing, all that stuff. All comes together seamlessly, you know? My favorite scenes in this movie are not even the ones that are acted, not even the ones that are well-written. It's, you know, Taylor and his crew wandering the Forbidden Zone, you know, in the beginning of the movie. Atmospheric, you know, it, it's it, the way it's shot, the music. You feel like you're on an alien world, even though they, you know, shot it someplace out in California. Really beautiful stuff. Definitely one of my favorite movies of all time. And yeah, I got nothing else. It's amazing. Again, unanimous number one, this movie. Now I start, this is my opinion, the greatest science fiction movie ever made this is a perfect film i know the, the makeup and all that's outdated but at the time it was groundbreaking it was revolutionary everything about this movie was revolutionary sci-fi science fiction was never the same ever since and the one thing i don't think this movie gets enough praise for the one element that this movie doesn't get praised enough for in my opinion we're living in an age right now where all of a sudden time travel has been a thing again you know you got the stinking avengers endgame doing time travel you know obviously terminator and then the 80s back to the future and so on and so forth but i feel like the time travel trope was done best and it made the most sense in planet of the apes the beauty about this movie is the character of charlton heston where in the beginning where he's traveling, he knows he's traveling through time, he's traveling through space. First land on the planet of the apes, well, spoiler, it's Earth, but like, the fact that they they all know they travel through time and seeing all the astronauts, they all have different reactions. And the, the crew members are just like in shock, like, oh my God, my wife is dead, my mom is dead, my ch children are dead. And Charles was like, yeah, your whole family's dead. You've traveled through time, congratulations. You know, and he's just being such kind of a prick, like, you know, he's talking about like, you know, there's gotta be something better out there and so on and so forth. I have yet to see it. And the fact that he comes into this, not knowing he's on earth when it, when it all comes down crashing at the end. The beauty about this is even if you know the ending, the, this movie's very rewatchable because even if you know everything, 
seeing it all unfold at the end and you, and it's just it's basically waving in front of his face and he doesn't realize it you know just this whole attitude towards that he traveled through time and like yeah look at us now i just freaking love this movie the time travel element what makes this movie whole not just the spectacle of the makeup and the fact that the apes have taken over you know over humans and so on and so forth it's the fact that we've traveled in time and look what the look what happened and there's no going well until the sequels there was no going back and yeah and that's what makes it haunting and just put yourself in that scenario yeah you travel through time you're thinking cool i traveled through time but you realize you never left and that's what makes this movie so haunting and it's perennial masterpiece i don't think any science fiction movie ever came close i know some people would argue like 2001 or star wars but in my opinion planet of the apes is the best sci-fi movie ever made and it's a perfect movie and it's a perfect sci-fi movie and yes this movie's near and dear to my heart as great as all these movies that followed they just don't come close to this so and I have yet to see a better science fiction movie. I just want to say that I was one of the... Uh, I was actually blessed. I knew nothing about the ending before I saw the movie. So yep, like, same here. I, so when I saw it, I was pretty shocked. So, like, it, it's a, probably a good thing that I didn't really see. I had heard the name planning it, but didn't really know about the ending. So I feel like it's I, the most spoiled ending in history at this point. I, again, I listen, I avoided any spoilers before seeing the movie, so I'm actually glad because the ending, you know, really got to me. And I, I also just want to say, this movie's rated G, but gets away with a lot of stuff that, like, yeah, nowadays, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I will not, I mean, not just like nudity and all that, but there's some pretty unsettling violence in the movie. The whole lobotomy thing is pretty disturbing. Yeah. And not and not to mention the idea that literally humanity killed itself is really like you know, that's that's really heavy stuff for a movie that's rated G. And the themes still hold up to this day. You know, this, this is a timeless movie. Yeah, this is basically it's like the original Godzilla. It it's a t it has a timeless quality to it. Absolutely. So overall, guys, what did you think of the list overall? <laughs> Conquest is number seven, and I'm sticking to it, Davis. Fair enough. Matt, how'd you feel? <laughs> so, Matt, so Matt and Davis, you, Sean, you've done this before, but Matt and Davis, you guys were new to the whole countdown. How'd you guys feel about doing this discussion style? And how'd you feel about the list? It was fun seeing uh, everyone's reactions to all the uh, different spots on the list concerning like certain films like it, it, re it really it really made it fun and interesting i i really dug that excellent matt it was uh yeah it was fun it was fun um i it, you know i'm always happy to to be invited on here it's always a lot of fun but uh you know opinions are like uh are like certain cavities of the body everybody has one you know and i'll, I'll just i'll just you know just go ahead and be like and they all stink cool yeah yeah that's that's <laughs> That's also true. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, they, also, they also think like Sean's opinion on a uh, conquest, putting it at number seven. Uh, it stinks like uh, Davis's opinion on. Uh, I, I, it was I, fun seeing everybody's perception of the movie, why they had it ranked here and there. It's great because if this was an echo chamber, this wouldn't be fun. So, I mean, like, listen. Even if our opinions are different, one thing we can agree with though is that the Planet of the Apes movie series is special. There's no Absolutely. other science. 
There's no other science fiction series like it, and I'm happy that it is celebrated and beloved. And you know, there's at least one Planet of the Apes movie for everyone. Exactly. All right, so uh, I'll let these gentlemen plug themselves in. Uh, Sean, shots of Japanese cinema. Go ahead. Yes, shots of Japanese cinema. If you want to follow a really pretentious, uh, I'm just kidding. If you want to follow a. A Twitter page that is dedicated to Japanese filmmaking, Japanese cinema, give shots of Japanese cinema, Cinema Japan, a follow on Twitter. And also give the new YouTube channel subscription. I recently just made a Godzilla singular point Aleppo Upala music video in the style of Godzilla 54. So give that a watch. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook. So yeah. And give shots of Japanese television a watch as well. So yeah. Toku Titan Cast, Titan Goji, go ahead. Uh, I'm Davis Middle, also known as Titan Goji. You can find me on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I also have a Patreon and a T Public if you wish to support my channel through those means. And at the time of this recording, I just finished a video about Shin Godzilla, looking back on it after five years. And the video I'm working on at this moment is one about the original Garo series, as as it was a goal on my Patreon where. Uh, uh, once once I have enough support, I'll do a video on Garo, and I'm happy to say, gonna start working on that soon. And Matt Burkett, the leader of Monstrosities, a vlog of Tokusatsu. Go ahead. Yes, sir. Monstrosities Tokusatsu vlog sitting on YouTube, where we just recently released how Mothra influenced Common Rider uncovered a very interesting tidbit, something that I don't know if the Western fandom actually knows. I can't find any evidence of it anywhere. We're also working on the lost and unmade history of Godzilla Singular Point, which will be a video that go that features all of the unused concepts uh, that Godzilla Singular Point was going to uh, potentially be before it ended up as what it is. So a lot of research, a lot of stuff. We got live streams happening just about every week. Uh, come check us out, subscribe, throw that like on us, and uh, hope to see you there. Yes, please sub these gentlemen up. Not only they, they are fantastic and creative people, but they are also very awesome friends of mine. And I'm not only that I'm happy to work with them, but I'm proud that you know they're my friends too. So please support these handsome folks because they are amazing. And yes. So that being said, we pretty please ask you to like, comment, subscribe, ring that bell, and spread that shit like the virus at the end of Rise of the Apes. So USA, from Phoenix, Arizona, to Dallas, Texas, to Los Angeles, California, to Syracuse, New York, to all of our friends and fans around the world at Nerd Cage Live, Monstrosities, Titan Goji, and shots of Japanese cinema. Enjoy life. Stay safe. Good night. And then they died. Ooh, trying to get out of the nerd cage, are ya? Well, before you go, hit that subscribe button. And if you're really intrigued, ring that bell. Thank you for dropping by. Until next time, tell everyone you know about Nerd Cage Live!